March 10th, 2004. Firing Roger Peterson, Esquire. Roger, this is an email from Howie to Roger. And to kind of set this up, um, Roger Peterson had been the attorney for Don down in Costa Rica. And after Don's disappearance, I had worked with him to try and recover some of the investments that Don had made down there. And I think he was able to sell one triplex. It was the one that Don actually stayed in while he was down there for like $80,000. And then I just wasn't having any success in getting anything else out of there that I can remember. It's been a long time and I haven't really researched it that much, but I remember being really frustrated. And this was during the conservatorship. So we had already figured out that Don was not in Costa Rica. He wasn't utilizing any of these properties that he had purchased to the best that we could tell or that Roger could tell. And so we were trying to liquidate them for the conservatorship and recover some of the, I think about $800,000 of the million that I had told Don he could invest in Costa Rica. And so we were not having any luck getting money out of there, as I recall. And I had so much else going on with the conservatorship here and all of the craziness that was going on here. And then 9-11 hit and it was just like, oh my gosh. I mean, it was just one thing after another. So Roger Peterson kind of fell further and further and further back onto the back burners. And so when Howie came along, he was like, you know, there's still some money down there. I think maybe we can get some of this out. And so he started trying to work with Roger and he was just getting increasingly frustrated. And I have more of those letters. I haven't included them in my diary here, but um, you know, they're just talking back and forth about trying to sell the properties. And I may put them in later at some point if I find any of them to be particularly interesting. But this one I thought was because this is when we finally just gave up and fired him. And I know Don had been trying to work with uh, Roger to get somebody who could go into one of the properties and collect rents. I'm thinking that this was the, it was a brothel in the port of Limon that Don had bought. And we were hoping to foreclose on the thing and then, or not foreclose on it, but to retake possession of the thing and sell it as some kind of legitimate enterprise, but we couldn't even collect rents on it. So this was after failing at all of that. And you know how he is like the most patient person in the world and gives everybody absolutely the, the, um, the credit of the doubt. That's not the word, benefit of the doubt. And he had just finally given up. So this is the letter from Howie to Roger. And he says, Roger, below is the fax I sent yesterday in response to yours in case you did not receive it. The only thought in hindsight that I did not include was that I had tried in my facts to express to you that I was not reaching a firm conclusion, but just describing what I could tell from my file and asking for an explanation. But I may not have done that well. Regardless, the solution you proposed is probably best. I would like to stress that agreeing to it assumes that you will help bring this to closure quickly so we can move forward, which certainly is also in your interest. I'd appreciate it if you could fax copies of what you give Arnold. So this is this Arnold. I don't know his last name, but I'm thinking he was somebody we were trying to hire. I'd appreciate it if you could fax copies of what you give Arnold so I know he is good to go and just let me know that you received this or the fax. Also, if you could just try one email to, and it was Howie Baskin's um, old AT&T email address, 
if it works, it would be so much more efficient in concluding the work we found we were if it works, it would be so much more efficient in concluding the work if we found we were able to email. Thanks very much. And then this was, um, I don't know if this was the same day or if it was the day before the facts that he was talking about. It says, to Roger Peterson from Howard Baskin regarding final arrangements, date May 10th, 2004, March 10th, 2004. And then he gives a summary of the amounts. So. He's talking here about, um, I think these invoices are what Roger Peterson was charging me to try and collect rents and handle these winding up of these estates in Costa Rica. So there was an invoice from June through December of 2003 for $3,571. There was another invoice from January through March 9th of 2004 for $294.50. was a corporation that he had set up for Don and um, I think it was for Don. And it says nominee fees 2001 through 2003. Maybe he set it up for us because like everything down there has to be done in corporations. And so that was $975. Record and register the transfer of stock to Carol Lewis and register a new board of directors for the corporation, $375. And then on the Bagasses farm, that was the 200 acres up in Bagasses, which is up in the northeast part of Costa Rica. We had a 200-acre farm, and that was where we were talking about taking the cats, and then we discovered we couldn't get a good food source. So there was a fee for time in trying to collect those rents, $375. Nominee fees, 2001 to 2003, $975. And then it says on the cabins, I don't know what that was, draft and register assignment of mortgage to Carol Lewis, $875 for a total of $7,440.50. And then he said he had collected in rents $2,875.88 and that I still owed him $4,564.62. So this was a money-losing proposition all around in Costa Rica and had been for a long time. Back to Howie's facts. Obviously, you are suggesting... Oh, nope, this is... Uh, well, maybe it is. Yeah, I think this is how he's still writing. Obviously, you are suggesting I seek other counsel. Given our communication difficulties, both physically and perhaps at times in understanding each other, that is probably best, and I will seek to do so in the next few days. Once that is in place, I will appreciate your working with that person to transfer the files and any loose ends that may require once they review the files. I'm not sure if they might want to come by and review the files prior to transfer to make the transfer more complete and efficient, but if so, I would appreciate your working with them. Regarding Arnold, if at all possible, I would very much appreciate your getting his authorizations to him in the next day so that we can get as much money into the account as we can as quickly as possible. Your fax has a remark about no mention of our payment, but please do understand that I did explain to Arnold that all amounts after his fee and minor repairs were to be deposited to the account to go toward your fees, and, as you request, any balance not covered by the rents at the time the work is complete and transfer made will be brought current so that you are pay paid in full. If Arnold receives checks, I will appreciate your paying him out of the account. I also understand that the work outside the scope will be billed as you have been doing, and I do have a couple of questions below that I would appreciate your help with. 
Please give Arnold two separate documents, one to show the tenants that just names him as an authorized person to collect the rents. The other is his authorization to, de to deduct his fee, which the tenants do not need to see. I would appreciate your also including authorization to spend up to $200 per month on repairs and to require to contact me for approval of any amount over that. Lastly, I would appreciate your giving him a copy of the rent roll sheet you attach to your fax and the water bill information which is not readable in my fax so that we can redirect where that is sent. Thanks, by the way, for paying it out of the account. Arnold's cell phone number again is, and he gives the number and he says it's good to call before 3 p.m. I would appreciate it if you could help me with a couple of quick questions. One, do we have copies of the commercial property leases? I recall you were going to try and obtain them, but I am not clear on if you were able. Two, on my truff, you mentioned registering a new board and on Whitco, resignation of the current directors. I'm not sure how we select a new board. Can Carol initially be a sole director? If we need local board members, do we need the new council to provide you with names? Or can the current board simply resign and Carol, as shareholder, appoint them after the transfer of the files? From the cover of the triplex mortgage document where it says a favor D. Carol Lewis, I am assuming this mortgage is in Carol's name and no other action other than delivering the file is needed. Could you just confirm that? Could you provide contact information on the neighbor complaining about the fence? I'm a little confused about whether she is complaining about her cows getting onto our property. I would think it's her responsibility to fence in her own cows, or whether our caretakers have cows that are getting onto the neighbor's property, if you happen to know. If you have a name and contact info for the person who made the low offer on the farm, I would appreciate having that. It may have been in the email I never received. I doubt if it would lead to anything given the amount, but it would be helpful to know who it was. If the water bill itself does not have contact info for the water company, and you have any, or if you have not, or if you have any not on the bill, I would appreciate that you're providing that. Last, could you advise when you think you could have the work in your letter completed? Obviously, I would like to do this as quickly as you are able. I would appreciate your faxing me copies of the documents as things are completed so I know where we are. I am sorry we are not able to make better progress together, but appreciate your professional handling of the closure and transfer. Sincerely, Howard Baskin, Howard Baskin Advisory Board Chairman, Big Cat Rescue, formerly Wildlife on Easy Street, and then he gives his phone number. And this one is not, um, this happens later. so. <laughs> I actually found out about it today, which is February 28th, 2021, but it happened in 2007. So we've been talking about the Helicopter Brothers and Don's investment with them and part of my um, frustration with Roger Peterson. And so today when I was looking up Helicopter Brothers to see what I could find out about it, I found this article from May the 22nd of 2007. So I'm going to read this one as well today, and hopefully when I get to 2007, I won't forget that I've already done that, but I probably will. So it starts out saying, remember the helicopter brothers Don invested with in Costa Rica? This was translated from Spanish to English using Google Translate, so it's a little hard to read. 
the San Jose trial court ordered the payment of $20.2 million in favor of dozens of victims of Osvaldo Villalobos Camacho, recently sentenced to 18 years in prison for aggravated fraud and illegal financial intermediation. Villalobos attracted, according to the ruling, dozens of foreign investors whom he offered to pay high interest rates in exchange for their money. They lost their funds after the they lost their funds after the sentence today and his brother Luis Enrique Villalobos, a fugitive from justice, closed the firm's Ofinter and they just called it the brothers here. They don't call it the helicopter brothers. Um, so it's in capitals, the brothers after the intervention of the prosecutor's office in July of 2002. This caused dozens of people material and moral damage, the court estimated. According to Ewald Acuna, legal representative of a group of investors, the money frozen in the Villalobos accounts, as well as property and assets of their companies, are enough to answer for the economic damage. However, we must wait for the ruling to be final. Corporate lawsuit. Those affected not only sued Villalobos, but also a group of public limited companies and companies related to him. These included Casa de Cambio Boulevard, Corporacion Platino, Immobiliario Platino, Inversiones Haas, Framagra, Casa de Cambio Ofinter, Tourism Support Services, Westpac Marketing, Dorado Inter International, and Campania Mercantile El Desireto. Of the reparations for the economic damage, those of Dana Webster and Patricia Fleming stand out, to whom Villa Lobos must return 2.5 million and 1.2 million, respectively. The judgment showed that under no circumstances did the state of Costa Rica conspire to leave the people who were defrauded by Mr. Villa Lobos without money. The court made public the existence of a group of people outside the process who engaged in interfering, obstructing, demanding, and even threatening. I am referring to people who thought that the way to help the Villa Lobos was to harass, said Acuna. Once the sentence is final, a civil process will be established. In bank accounts, $12 million are frozen. The rest of the amount would be covered by goods that must be auctioned unconventional case. During the sentencing on May the 16th, the judges highlighted that the Villalobos brothers mobilized more than 400 million before being discovered. In his defense, Osvaldo Villalobos tried to separate his foreign exchange activities from those of his fugitive brother. The judges were convinced that the firms were one and that they were dedicated to raising money. We are facing an unconventional crime, says Judge Carlos Perez. So um, this note is from me, not from the article. And it says, Luis Enrique Villalobos Camacho and his brother were purported to me by Roger Peterson to be the head of the Costa Rican mafia. Who knows if that was true, but it's obvious that they were con men who made millions off people like Don Lewis, who were out to get rich quick and who relied on the verbal recommendations of others without doing any real due diligence.